Good morning, everyone. Bless you. Thank you for coming. Uh, yeah, let's just uh, go back to prayer and ask God to bless this message. Would you join with me? Father, thank you that, uh, that you've enabled us to approach you in worship and, and praise, but also through your word. God, I just ask your grace on today's uh, message that it would uh, serve to edify and, and, and build up this church and each individual in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've been talking about a series on Accelerate and how to uh, accelerate the kingdom of God in our lives, both personally and as a congregation, um, uh, especially launching this, this year and something God's put on my heart. And I really believe that uh, 2012 is to be a year of acceleration. And we speed up the things of God in our lives, personally, in our families, in our church, and in our community. And so that's what it's all about. <clears throat> Um, last week we uh, took a look at Isaiah uh, 58 and talked about some specific uh, things that we can do personally, some apps, things that we can apply in our lives that, that makes a difference. And, and of course, uh, fasting was the primary thing, but also through the fasting, the purpose of fasting is, is not just to abstain from something, but to actually change our behavior. And so we talked about sharing our food, sharing our uh, home, and sharing our stuff. <clears throat> And this week we're going to uh, uh, want to kind of turn the attention more toward the church and um, some things uh, on the vision for New Day in this coming year and in the future. Uh, first off, I just want to say <coughs> that I'm starting 10 minutes late. <laughs> so have mercy on me. <laughs> I'm going to try to rush through this and, and, and catch up. I didn't realize it was that much uh, after, but uh, we can do it. All right. Um, uh, I feel uh, this year, uh, and I've shared this with the leaders, just personally more confident uh, about who I am as, a, as an individual and my role as a pastor and more confident about uh, the vision and the purpose for New Day Community Church than I ever have. And I don't think anyone has ever uh, walked away from me thinking that I lacked confidence. <laughs> in fact some people have had the opposite problem <laughs> so but there's just a, a new clarity and a and a just a, a, a it's just a sense that that came on me uh, uh over the holidays and as we began the new year and so i just want to share that and that i just feel like more than ever, I'm on the right track and we're on the right track. And that excites me. And I want to accelerate the vision of God for the, this ministry and for this church and uh, believe that we can go all out for what God has called us to. And so that's, that's the motivation or that's the stimulus behind some of the things I want to share this morning. <clears throat> One thing about New Day Community Church and if you're a guest with us this morning, this is more of one of those uh, sermons. Don't do a lot of them. That's kind of like just for the church. But if you're here, you're here on purpose. <clears throat> there, there aren't any mistakes. And, and, and I invite you to, to, to grab hold of the vision and, and run with it. But as a church, uh, we don't talk about numbers much, but we average about our average attendance on Sunday is, is 212, runs right in the, in the low 200s. We've had maximum attendance of uh, 280. Just a few weeks ago, we had a uh, Sunday that we had over 250 uh, attend. And, and the reason we keep track of that is um, you can't manage what you don't measure. And we're responsible for God 
Uh, we're not uh, growth-focused, but growth is important. And so we want to uh, do what we can to care for the people that God has sent to us. And I believe, um, first of all, although all those numbers put together just means, uh, or a census, which is a, uh, we keep a list of everybody in the church. You know, we have a little computer program. And all the people that are active, whether they're members or non-member active, is 266. So in every way you measure it, we're a church between two and 300. All right. Church between two and three hundred. And that's good. That's that's fantastic. Actually, the average uh, or the median church attendance in in the United States is seventy five. Okay, And the average is one hundred and eighty. And so we're above average. (laughs) It's like my high school grade point. (laughs) In college, I was I was much better. I was four point oh in college. In high school, I didn't quite care. (laughs) So uh, I repent of that. Uh, I believe, uh, as I've been praying, and, you know, my job is uh, is to hear God for the future and uh, prepare for it. And I believe God's calling us to be a church of of between four and five hundred. All right. And that's not necessarily our final destination, but that's not that's the next step. All right. We're a church between two and three hundred and we are aiming for a church between four and five hundred. And I just want to kind of qualify that uh, in, a, in, in a few ways. <clears throat> One, spiritual growth and numerical growth are intricu- intricately intertwined. All right? And anybody that tries to separate numeric growth and spiritual growth are, are committing uh, an error uh, because the Bible doesn't separate them. All right? And uh, uh, both of them uh, uh, need to be uh, understood uh, separately, but they're intricately you know, involved. It's like your child grows physically, and that's important, but they also grow emotionally, you know, and hopefully in intelligence, right? <laughs> you know, and, and a kid can grow uh, physically <coughs> and still have an emotional maturity of a child, and that's not healthy. Or if a kid, uh, a child, or a person has a, a physical disability, and so they, 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 you know, end up being this tall, uh, but they can be fully mature. But the best, <laughs> you know, you know, what God intends is that uh, we grow to our full stature. Both, uh, uh, yeah, we grow in stature and favor with men and God. And so <laughs> it's important. Acts 2, 41 and 42. Uh, this is a scripture describing the early church. It says, those who gladly received his word and were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. This is the verse that defines what church is. Prior to this, there wasn't church. There was the, the, the assembly of the uh, congregation of Israelites. People had to be uh, 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 Jewish ethnicity to be part of uh, the family of God. And this is God defining his church. And the first thing that this starts out with is what? 3,000. Okay, not only that there were 3,000, but God chose intentionally to put the number in Scripture. And so people that say, oh, numbers aren't important to God. I mean, do you know what the fourth book of the Bible is? <laughs> Come on. Have you ever thought? That's why I'm like, you know, they're important because each number is a person. It's a life that has potential. 
And God wants each one of those people to come to their greatest potential in Christ. Acts 5, 6, uh, 5, 12 through 16. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord uh, in Solomon's port. So they were in unity. That's a spiritual issue, right? Yet none of the rest dared join them, dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. That means none of the other people within the, in the, uh, in the temple area, the, the other Jews. So there was, there was fear because it was so intense that people didn't lightly join them. And then verse 14, and believers, but people who came into relationship with Jesus Christ were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Ah, there it's God talking about numerical growth again. Uh, maybe he is a little concerned about it. And so they brought the sick uh, out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. At least, the, at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them. So there's supernatural, there's miracles, there's people getting healed. God cares about that. It's supposed to be a, a normal part of church. And as the multitude gathered, um, uh, and also a multitude gathered from surrounding cities. And so it was spreading beyond just one location. And, and people's lives were being changed in the, in the uh, surrounding cities. And people were bringing the sick so those, and those tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. Acts 6, uh, verse 7, says that the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith as well. So in all of these verses, you have two things. You have numeric growth, and you have spiritual growth. They were obedient. They learned. They continued daily. Um, these are the results. Numeric and spiritual growth are the results of a, a congregation of people, a church, that's uh, living the great commandment and fulfilling the great commission. Okay, that it's just it's just when we operate according to our values and according to our mission, that's what happens. All right, growth just happens uh, because God wants to see our our city change. Now, size in and of itself doesn't equal value. Uh, I like uh, Rick Warren's book. Every church is big in God's eye. All right, it is. A church is a big deal, very big to God. And it's Jesus' bride. So the value of a church is dependent on, on its numeric size. <clears throat> and bigger isn't necessarily better. But all those things are, not, are beside the point. All right? uh, the point is we're called to extend God's kingdom. All right? And so we're kingdom focused. And I want to see people get saved, whether they attend this church or some other church. I want to see Kalamazoo in this region, southwest Michigan, uh, transformed. <clears throat> Our real name is, is New Day Community Church of West Michigan. And that's their legal name. <clears throat> I don't want to see West Michigan transformed by the message of, of the gospel and by the values that we carry. A prophetic church, a church that, that knows the Father's love and, and communicates that and draws people into intimacy. <clears throat> um, and in order to do that, we don't have to change. I like change. <laughs> we don't have to change our culture. All right. Uh, we don't have to change who we are. Uh, uh, we just have to be who we are uh, and, 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 and be it more freely, maybe. But we really don't. We we uh, 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 we don't have to change how we do church. Uh, we've 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 worked how to do church. I'm just amazed every time I come to church. I mean, wasn't the worship team fantastic this morning? It was like, it was like the men's team. It's all guys. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> 
And, and God's given us so many great leaders and such great musicians and, and teachers. And, and he's just, he's like front-loaded us with su- such amazing uh, young uh, and older uh, people of, of gifts <clears throat> that we just need to make space. Everybody say make space. And we need to make space. So we need to make space relationally, spiritually, and physically. <clears throat> and... Uh, um, Making space relationally means that we need to learn how to include more people in our church family. And, and we don't really have to learn how to do it. Actually, everybody knows instinctively how to do this. But sometimes we, we think that, you know, you get, you get comfortable. You get kind of comfortable in the size that you are. And, uh, you know, you don't want to, it's just, you're comfortable. The clothes fit. You, know, you don't, you don't want to, you lose it more weight and you'll have to go buy new clothes. <laughs> now the other part's bad is when you gain weight and you gotta buy new clothes. Isn't that horrible? It's just depressing. <laughs> but in order for us to grow as a church, we need um, uh, to admit to to commit to growing our relational capacity. All right, our relational capacity, and everyone's unique, so everyone's gonna have a different relational capacity. Uh, in other words, some people that can have a relationship with a whole bunch of people, they can have different people over every night, they can and have developed relationships with a lot, lots of people. And other people, you know, five or ten, some people, man, if they have one person that they can have a deeper relationship with, that's kind of like all they can handle. And that's fine, all right? Everybody's different. We're not asking you to be somebody different. But I think we all can learn how to love more, all right? The greatest thing is love, right? That's the gospel. And the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so it's a work and a gift of the Holy Spirit to love more. And so increasing our relational relational capacity is just learning how to love more, allowing more people or other people into our lives and making ourselves available to be part of other people's lives. That's what that's what love is. Okay, it's just opening up a little bit and having care and concern and compassion for someone, someone maybe someone maybe that's already been part of this church that you just haven't gotten to know. You've seen them, but you know you never stop and you realize I don't even know that guy's name. <laughs> you know, or we've never met outside church and they've been coming for three years. It's about time. Come on, are you hearing me? Or someone new that's, that's come a couple of times. Or someone at work. So it's not just about church. It's about life. All right? Someone that goes to the same school your kids go to. And you see them at the parent-teacher meetings. You know? and, and God will highlight somebody. You'll, just, you'll notice them. You know? You'll see a, a, a spotlight from heaven shining down. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, something in your heart. Will, that's a signal from God to open up your heart. So... <clears throat> inviting others and draw them, drawing them into our circle of relationships and ministries is, is, is what we need to get better at. And that will enable us to grow from a church between two and 300 to a church between four and 500. I really believe that's the number one thing, as I shared uh, uh, a lot last week about opening up our homes. We need to make space spiritually, and that is uh, learn how to equip and release more people into ministry. Okay, so spiritually expanding our territory. If you can think about that for a minute. Expanding our spiritual territory. 
Second Timothy 2, 1 through 2 says that now, therefore, my son, this is Paul writing to Timothy, who he trained up to be a pastor. Timothy was already in ministry at this point. It says, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will also be able to teach others also. Who will be able to teach others also. And so in this verse, there's actually four generations of growth. Okay, there's Paul, there's Timothy. Timothy entrusts what he was learned from Paul to faithful men. And those faithful men are able to teach others as well. And so you see right from the get-go, there's a, a multiplication of, of, of spiritual transmission, if you will. Uh, of multiplying what, what you've received to others that can uh, communicate it to others, that can communicate it to others. And you know what? This has been going on for 2,000 years. And you're part of it. Okay? You know, and in heaven there's a list. And so-and-so spoke to so-and-so. It's just like the gene- genealogies in the Old Testament. And so-and-so begat so-and-so. <coughs> there's a spiritual genealogy. All right? Because someone talked to you or someone prayed for you and you came into a relationship with Jesus Christ because someone talked to them and prayed for them and they came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because, and it goes all the way back to the, to, the, to the 12 apostles. All right? And so it's now it's your turn to beget spiritually. All right? It's your turn. What's going to be recorded in the book of life after your name? What's your spiritual family tree going to look like? And you know who it's up to? It's up to you, all right? And you can do it. And as a church, we work together to equip that. Uh, <clears throat> we want to grow personally and as a church in our understanding and, uh, uh, and experience of spiritual uh, uh, realities and truths. So we want to we deepen that. So that's spiritual growth. Uh, but also share it with others. Uh, Peter and... <clears throat> Uh, who is it? Peter and John were walking into the temple. This is in Acts 3 and, and in verse 6. Uh, he's, he, he's going into the temple and there's a beggar at <clears throat> the door of the temple. And they, they weren't at church yet. They were just walking the church. All right? This happened outside. Yesterday at our spiritual gift class, I reminded everyone that most of the miracles in Scripture do not happen, happen in a religious meeting. They happen out on the streets or out in the public square. All right? Because that's where God shows off. <laughs> you know, that's where God meets people's needs and draws them in. All right? And so as they were going to church, this guy was begging for money. And he looked up expecting to receive some money. And, and Peter looked down and they, they met eye to eye. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by his right hand and lifted him up. And so the principle here... It's exciting, you know, somebody that couldn't walk his whole life all, all of a sudden is walking and he, and he jumped up and down and he started praising God and it led to a revival, all right? But the principle is, what I have, I give. I don't have money, but what I have, I give. What do you have? Give it. Oh, I don't understand very much about the things of God. You can understand something. You made it here this morning. Share it. Oh, my life's all in. There's something going on. Maybe, you, maybe you're not doing it right, but you know what you're supposed to be doing, and you can help somebody else that doesn't even know that. All right? 
<clears throat> what you have, share it. Jesus said in Matthew 4:17, from the from the time Jesus began to preach, he'd say, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." <clears throat> and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. They were brothers, uh, Simon and Peter. <laughs> uh, Oh, sorry. Simon called Peter. I was going to say, three of them? <laughs> Simon called Peter. Uh, I'm trying to hurry. We'll just slow down. Okay. Is that better? Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. They were at work. They were just going about their business. <clears throat> and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they dropped their nets and they followed him. Jesus didn't only commission the disciples at the end of his ministry when he was ascending. All right? The first thing he said to them was, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So from the, from the beginning, the intention of following Christ is to make fishers of, is to reproduce, is to catch people. Are you hearing me? The commissioning started following Jesus means uh, becoming a gatherer, a person that goes out and, 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 and reach a harvest for the Lord so that other people, you know, follow me so that you can learn how to have other people follow me. That's what he's saying. All right. Disciples make disciples. That's what a disciple does is that they disciple. <laughs> okay. And so if you're not discipling, you're not a disciple. It's not being just a student. It's a student who teaches. All right? It's a follower who reproduces. That's what we're called to. And a lot of people think that you're called to just attend church and maybe someday at time you'll, you'll, you'll share your, your testimony or something like that. But, that, but that's, that's minimizing. It's reducing what we're really called to is this spiritual genealogy that's been going for thousands of years and to be a part of the story of Christ redeeming the world and, and, and you playing your part of that story to the, the greatest capacity that you can and to draw uh, people into discipleship of Jesus. And so as a church, we need, to draw, we need to do that. We need to realize that I'm called now. Why? Because I'm a follower of Jesus. And he's given, maybe I'm not an evangelist. Tens and thousands of people won't come to the Lord. But I can share what I have. All right? And that's all you're called to do. What you have, share what you have. And God will do the miracle. After the guy stood up and started running around, Peter said, hey, it's not us. It wasn't I. Uh, it's not in me to do the power of healing. He was healed by in faith uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because it's the name of Jesus Christ that brings salvation so church is not the end point. Okay, coming and becoming a member of church or getting saved, that's not, you know, if you, if you think of a, a, a distribution chain, um, you know, like you, you, people develop microchips to make computers and then the computers are, are, are made and they're sent to a, a, um, a wholesaler and then the wholesaler uh, sends them to a retailer, you know, and... And then the retailer is supposed to sell them to what? Customers, right? <clears throat> well, in this, in this chain of distribution, a lot of people look at church as being the end product. Okay? Uh, and then they get the idea that church is about consumption, that I come to receive 
my blessing or teaching or, or get encouraged by worship. All right? But that's not its purpose. All right? Huh. We're the retail store in that analogy. All right? You come to get trained to go out and reproduce outside, you know, in your lives. Uh, you, you come to, to receive so that you can go out and distribute what God has given to you so that you can equip and you can lead. And then we need to make space physically. So we need to make space relationally. We need to make space spiritually. We also need to make space physically as a church. <clears throat> so how can we do this? And it's, it's a challenge. And, um, you know, we, we have this building. And, and praise God, it's a great building. We actually don't have to pay too much on it. We still owe uh, some money on it, but the payment's not bad. <clears throat> and we want to maximize. One of the things I like to do is maximize um, and, and squeeze, you know, squeeze a few more pennies out of that nickel. All right? <laughs> you know, can we squeeze, a, can we change this, tweak this a little bit? And we're a church between two and 300. We can easily become a church between four and 500 in this facility. But we do need to make uh, some things different. And we want to uh, figure out how can we do church to accommodate another 100 or 150 people. Close your eyes and just think, okay, right now. Another, another 100 to 150 people. So another 70 people each service. All right? And just picture that. All right? And... Well, there actually are. We have 200 chairs set up, all right? So if we filled both services, we'd be a church of 200. But there's this weird dynamic in culture that uh, when, a, when, a, when seating hits 70%, people won't keep coming back. And it's weird, but it's true, <laughs> right? It, it feels a little too 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 cozy, <laughs> you know? So we do need to expand. So, and in the children's ministry, how can we, how can we change things around? Well, I'm going to be going on a sabbatical next month, and we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. But while I'm gone, <clears throat> they're going to take my office and the small counseling office that used to be my office, and they're going to, uh, some folks are going to rip the wall out in between and turn it into a classroom. And that classroom is actually, it will be the same size as our current nursery. So it's, it's bigger, it'll be bigger than you think once you take that wall out. And that'll increase our children's capacity by 20%. And it's not going to cost hardly anything. And the reason we're going to do it is because I want to minister to more kids. And it costs uh, hundreds of thousands or a million dollars to build on. But we can knock a wall out and have another classroom. Sound like a good idea? Great. Maybe you can help. <laughs> So, <clears throat> what's, what's the obvious question? Where's my office going to be? That house. The house. Yeah. Why not? People, every, I, I've been telling people that. I'm saying my, my office is going to be in the house. They go, is the house for sale? I said, well, a realtor friend of mine said everything's for sale. You just don't see the sign. <laughs> do we have the money? No. <laughs> I don't have any money. But I'm believing God for the house because we can put the offices in that house. And I've been in that house. It's five uh, bedrooms. You've got three full baths. <clears throat> and there's a couple of big rooms that could be turned into classrooms. Youth could use it. Uh, easily accommodate all these offices. And this cubicle that's back in here, which is, was great, it was given to us. But we could take that out. And that 
then we could have the same amount of square footage for a family room and easily put in 100 extra chairs. All right? Plus, we could take the house and bless our neighbors, but we could bulldoze a yard and clean it up and, <coughs> you know, in- integrate the uh, landscaping. We own 20 acres. Yeah, we own more property on the other side of the house than we do on this side of the house. All right? Yeah. And so I've always envisioned the driveway coming up through the trees into the sanctuary uh, setting behind this building, and this would be the fellowship hall, which it was intended to be. And so we have the space. God's given us 20 acres. I'm like, God, if you gave it to us that, let's get it. Let's make it happen. All right? Well, this is one easy step. And so I'm believing it. Would you believe with me that this year we can get that house? All right? Was that a yes or no? Yes. All right. We just had a meeting. It passed. <laughs> All right. So we need to have the... I believe we already have the capacity spiritually and the competency to lead more. All right? We have the capacity and the competency. We have so many gifted people. We can lead another hundred people into, the, into greater things in God. And I want to be obedient to that call. And all it's going to take... To see this growth and maintain that growth is, is, is increasing our relational capacity or loving more. Caring and loving more. Like I talked about last week, having people over to our house, uh, doing things, caring for people by uh, communicating love, by serving. You know, what can I do for you? Uh, is there something I can I come over and help? Somebody's sick, can I come over and cook a meal or, or clean your house or mow your lawn? You can come over and shovel my driveway. No. <laughs> I have kids for that. <laughs> Words of affirmation, send notes. These are ways we can uh, will grow by by learning, by increasing our ability to uh, disciple and train. And I'm, I'm working with the leaders to come up with a, a system uh, to to train uh, people uh, in understanding the things of God better, and by uh, uh, inviting people in simply having a vision for this and believing God for it will change the dynamics because we're called not just to maintain but to advance, to accelerate the kingdom of God in our lives, in our, our city. Amen? All right, well, next week I'm going to turn back and, and uh, talk about some practical things. Right now, uh, Bill's going to come up and share some announcements.